Blog Talk Radio. October 18th, 2013 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard. This is where we discuss news, politics, and culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. That's the philosophy behind the uniquely American sense of life, the sense of life of those who believe we have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of your own individual happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peikoff, and joining me soon, running in right now, (laughs) he's talking on the phone, his cartoonist, Bosch. Faustin. Who are you Ted talking to? Ted wants some, some advice. I'm busy. Uh, Ted wants some advice. I don't know if he needs our advice right Who? now. Wait, wait, who's Ted? Ted, Ted Cruz. Oh, sorry. Okay. Okay. Ah, so I'm just running around like a chicken with my head cut off trying to get a whole bunch of stories to share with all of you today. If you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you can see the program notes as they stand at this moment, I just keep adding and adding stories. The title of today's show is The GOP's War on Tea is a War on Me. Yes. That's, that's what I came down to after this week of the debt deal and all these other horrible things that we will discuss. I have a little poem. <laughs> how, how corny is this little poem that's I have corny. here, Bosch? Perfect sense. A warning to the GOP, your war on tea is a war on me. You can read that little gem over my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And someone added that they do it with glee. Oh, oh yeah, that Congress does it with glee, says State Defiance on Twitter, State of Defiance yes. on Twitter. So thank you. I just opened the chat room here over at Blog Talk Radio. Sorry I didn't open it until the very last second. I was literally running around trying to figure out what stories we want to include in this show and what stories we don't. As you know, the GOP leadership made its deal with the devil this week. We are going to start today with some advice, just a little bit of advice that I came across this week for preparing yourself mentally and physically for the work that we have before us. Then we're going to discuss this deal, who's responsible for it, a little bit about what's in it, and what we can do to help Senators Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and other decent politicians. There are a few out there and what we need to do i think we need to turn up the pressure on the gop leadership and their cronies also their cronies apparently they're starting to try to organize something like what the tea party has in terms of a i don't know about grassroots but some some sort of organization to help collect donations to support the establishment gop candidates against the tea party and i think if we have if there are big business donors and backers of these, then we need to boycott them. That's really what I want to start working on. Besides the fact that we need to fight the common core at the state level, which is I mean, where we can fight that. Those are, those are our fights. That's what we have to be ready for. These are crony capitalists. They, uh, they liked the status quo. Uh, the Republicans the old day celebrated the reopening of the government and their sellout because they, they like things as they are. 
It, it's really, really sad. Anyway, if you would like to join in on the discussion, go over to blogtalkradio.com where the chat room is open. I did finally get the chat room open at the last second before the show started. And you can also call in. If you would like to call in, vent your frustration about this awesome debt deal, you are free to do so. It is 760-888-5817. Again, that's 760-888-5817. I guess you could even try and argue with me and be one of those people that's going to call up and say, oh, I told you so, and it was a bad strategy in this and that and the other. Um, I am sorry. I'm still in the position of needing to fight every battle as much as possible. I think that Ted Cruz did have a strategy that had an end result that he could have gotten. If not for gutless Republicans. Yeah, if not for gutless Republicans. You know, uh, Harry Reid... He he had this horrible article. I have it on the list, actually. I didn't want to mention it until a lot later. But Well, Harry Reid was quoted in an article. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's down here at my blog at DontLetItGo.com. Harry Reid calls Ted Cruz a self-absorbed laughing stock. Oh. And he says, basically, well, you know, who is Ted Cruz to think that he's smarter than other people in the Senate? Well, here in the Senate, everyone is smart. Everyone is smart? That's such a lie. I, I, I've seen senators, <gasps> like, not even know what they're Idiot. voting on and go back and forth and... Harry Reid is half brain dead, if not if not all brain. I mean. Anyway, so so he thinks it's a matter of simple math. He says, "Well, we got fifty four. They have forty six. I knew how this was going to come out." No, Harry uh-huh. Reid. If the other Republicans had stood with Ted Cruz, then I think that could have started a momentum to turn some of the Democrats over to the Republican side on the issue of Obamacare. If the Republicans stood with Americans, yeah. and not with Washington and Democrats, yeah. And Cruz did his best to try to persuade. And it's not his fault that, that the GOP sold out. They're trying to blame it all on him. And he's, you know, and they'll try to try to blame the government shutdown on him, one individual. You know, it's just, it's, I don't know. You know, and it was interesting because I know that Bosch calls Dana Perino, Dana Perino. Yes, she is. Uh, you know, Dana knows something just about politics and who can say I told you so and, and all of that. And they were discussing on the five, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before I lose track, but they were discussing, well, who is it in the Republicans? Can't all the Republicans now say I told you so about oh. Obamacare? And she said, well, the ones who stood with Ted Cruz in the Senate, they're entitled to basically do that because they're the ones who voted against cloture those are the ones that are in the senate that can so she you know, was she was praising them she's basically saying that certain people are entitled to say that they were on the side of of doing something to obamacare and it's not the people who oh i don't like the strategy and yeah you mean people like her <sighs> yeah you mean people like her though well, I mean, yes. no, I, no, I, she was I, against the, she was she's against the strategy. strategy. Now, right. maybe it's popular. Maybe she sees Ted Cruz as a potential candidate, so it's now she's maybe getting salt on it. I don't know, but it's just you can't. Or she's it. schizophrenic, because as far as I can tell, Ann Coulter is schizophrenic yes, too. Yeah, yes, she is. Supposedly, Ann Coulter is now against Christie, and uh, she's she regrets Romney, but right. now she says, but she still yeah. wants a governor. Yeah. And it's like, it's governor, wants a is governor? It's stupid. Yeah. You go with who's best, and the only one right now on the horizon, the only one who's the guy, is Ted Cruz. You don't go with, well, we can't get the best, so let's get someone who's nowhere near the best because he seems more, quote-unquote, electable. You know, meaning Obama was elected, therefore we can get a guy who's like that. Well, and she shows how concrete-bound she is in saying it has to be a governor. Well, Ronald Reagan was good. 
he was a governor. Therefore, <laughs> yes. we should have a governor. One thing, though, I will say about this. You know, Ronald Reagan never had to deal with a cesspool that is Washington. He was a governor. He never had to deal like Ted Cruz every day in the cesspool, face-to-face with the scum of the earth and taking him on. That takes real... You know what? That takes a big pair. Well, and, that's a and, and if he does end up in the White House, he's going to know exactly what he's Absolutely. dealing with, which is which is wonderful. Robert NYC in the chat room here over at Blog Talk Radio says the good news with this is that the established GOP did what we expected, yeah. caved in. So now it is a matter of the Tea Party replacing the old school Republicans. Yep. If they stay away from the social issues, they will easily take over. Yes, Robert, I agree. Now here's why I need to explain to people why I treat a war on the, on the Tea Party right now as a war on me. No, I do not identify 100% with the Tea Party. And in fact, some of the Tea Party members have been yeah. really irrational yeah. in their discussion of the so-called social issues, yeah. as they call it, abortion, but they're not gay marriage. They're not the dominant uh, part of the Tea Party. No. They're not. No. And, Unfortunately. And, so, you know, as, as an objectivist, as someone who follows Ayn Rand's philosophy, I believe that the government has no role in discussing abortion. I don't believe a fetus has rights. I believe there are a lot of abortions that are immoral. I would agree with a lot of conservatives that there's a number of women who treat abortion as just another method of birth control and that it's irrational to do that and it's bad. But I don't believe a fetus has rights, so I'm not going to, you know, align with 100% with a lot of the Tea Party on that. Same with gay marriage. I, I know Greg Luganis from my dog agility experience, and this week he got married. I wish him all the best. And, and why shouldn't he be able to make a long-term commitment and have a happy life like anybody else? It's, so, I mean, who can look at so, him and say, you cannot get married because I am I don't like it? Right, right. It's like, uh, he should have the right. He's an American. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, then they're consenting adults, and we could have that discussion another day. But my point here is, insofar as the GOP is conducting a war on Tea Party and their candidates right now, they're doing it because the Tea Party stands for limited government, stands for reduction in government spending, reduction in government debt, etc. Absolutely. Absolutely. It stops the the status quo, as as I call it now, the status quo. It puts a, uh, they threaten to put the brakes on it. And that's why they call Ted Cruz a terrorist. Literally, the left and right call him a terrorist. Because in their mind, he is an existential threat to their power, to their dreams of power, especially when it comes to actually uh, like uh, Chris Christie and his ambitions. Even Peter King, that stinking uh, uh, congressman from New York, he actually thought he could run for, for president. And when he saw Ted Cruz's 21-hour filibuster, I think that's when his, his dreams died. And now he's been calling him every name in a book, going to every leftist media going after him. It's embarrassing. Yep. So insofar as the GOP is conducting the war on these candidates, they are doing it because these candidates dare yeah. to Challenge. question yeah. the status quo of spend, 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 grow, 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 yeah. regulate, regulate, regulate. Yeah. And so that's the sense in which I think that the war on the Tea Party is the war on me in this yeah. context. If we help the Tea Party take over the Republican Party, which I think is the only hope for the Republican Party, yeah, if, we help, if we help Tea Party people do this, and then the Tea Party starts getting all abortion, anti-abortion yeah, and yeah, anti-gay yeah. Gay marriage on us, I'll go right after them Absolutely. as well. You know, we have to save this country. And right now I do see that it's the Tea Party that poses the biggest threat to the establishment yes. in Washington, and that's why we need to back them at this point. 
like I said, you know, this is I mean, a I mean, qualified and, endorsement. Anyone who uh, likes what's going on in Washington hates the country. I mean, they really do. They are, um, uh, they are enemies of the country. If they're, they celebrated all day. Again, the Republicans celebrated. They applauded John Boehner, the disgusting John Boehner. They applauded him. They, a standing ovation. For what? For what? 17 trillion in debt. Jihad is still alive and active. You know, killed Americans. They like they they like things as they are. Anyone who likes things as they are really just hates the country and what it stands for. Yeah, and we're gonna we're gonna see how revulsifying all this is. But before we go into the revulsifying details of what went down this week, a couple of more positive things for your life. First, I've put a link over at don'tletitgo.com under the program notes there to a trailer, a video trailer for Anthem the Play. So it'll give you a little taste of the staging, the music, the production quality. And if you are a fan of the novelette Anthem by Ayn Rand, it'll probably get you a little bit emotional to actually see this. And it's very short, but I was was pretty moved just by seeing the big production of this play on stage just on this little trailer video. So I plan to get out there before December 1st and see the play. I hope that you do too if you can get to New York City and see that. I suspect it will provide some emotional fuel for those of us who want to defeat an overbearing government, want to get rid of all this influence. That was the one thing I liked about Perry, right, in Texas. He promised to make the federal government as inconsequential to your life as possible. Great line. Uh, Whether he meant it, I don't know, but it was a great line. It it was a great line. And he's a governor, but whatever. He just happens to be a governor. But this idea that only a governor governor can do, even if you believe that Ted Cruz is a better guy than any of those governors, is just stupid. It's like limiting oneself. I'm locked into this idea, and that's that. I don't care if the yellow guy's better. It's terrible. Yep, yep. Now, a couple other things to help you. And because, you know, again, Tammy Bruce talks about these sorts of things with her listeners because she wants to help her listeners help the fight against the big, you know, this is is something that's kind of very in my self-interest to do as well. The thing that I've been on this week is sleep. And I've spoken with Bosch sometimes, and he tells me, oh, yeah, only four hours of sleep. I, I, well, do, look, I, I, I do great on James four Dean hours of sleep. James Dean said sleep right? is waste time, and that's it. I mean, so you gotta, you know, I mean? you got to abide by that. Now, he may have been sleepy when he, when he crashed his car, as you mentioned before. But, yeah. and, and I promise. And I, I'm, I'm starting to realize it's not a total waste of time. I'm starting to realize. It, sleep is definitely not a waste of time. And I, I was actually on this issue. I was reading earlier this week a chapter in a book. It was called The Way We're Working Isn't Working. That was uh, Tony Schwartz. But the current title of the book is called Be Excellent at Anything. I'm assuming that the book in its current form still has the chapters devoted to the value of sleep. How important sleep is, not only for your motor function, but for your brain functioning and everything else. Uh, Ways to make sure that you get sleep, don't drink too much alcohol too late at night, Um, you know, how to quiet yourself down and make sure you get sleep. You guys really can't go out there and warrior it on four hours a night, night after night, and expect to be around and be coherent for the fight. So be excellent at anything. That's a link to the book at Amazon.com. And he talks about other things, too. He talks about structuring your days so that you renew 
every, say, 90 minutes or so while you're working during the day. Of course, I do this show for two hours. So after 90 minutes, theoretically, I should just be dropping dead. I think studies show that I would spend a, a few seconds of this show each time actually kind of sleeping, like in a little drowsy state. So I don't know if you're able to detect when I'm doing that. But, uh, yeah, this is a two-hour show. According to Tony Schwartz, I should be able to do it for only 90 minutes and then take a rest. But that's just how it goes. Uh, but the other thing is on Drudge this morning, it just so happens, I had mm-hmm. sleep on the brain this week, there is a link to this article, and I put the link over again on my blog at don'tletitgo.com. Sleep helps brain stay fit by clearing waste. And this is actually an article shared by France24, but AFP, I guess, is the original publisher. It says, like a janitor sweeping the halls after the lights go out, major changes occur in the brain during sleep to flush out waste and ward off disease. Okay? So there's actual waste components that are hanging out in your brain. And if you don't sleep, it's sticking around in your brain. Yeah, Bosch is pretending to be asleep here. (coughs) Sleep here in the studio. uh, Yeah. You just said sleep is good, right? So... Just fall asleep I gotta right take now. it where I can. You, you got to start snoring <laughs> if you really want to have some effect on the listeners here. But anyway, the waste products that are flushed out during sleep include something called amyloid beta, which is a protein that, when accumulated, is a driver of Alzheimer's disease. You want to have uh, Alzheimer's disease because you think sleep is a waste of time? Yeah. Keep going for it. So in order to remove the waste, you have to actually pump the cerebral spinal fluid through the brain tissue and get it out there. Now, why is sleep so important? It says that during sleep, this is so weird, the brain cells shrink by about 60%, which allows the fluid to move faster and more freely through the brain. It says the whole operation takes place in what researchers call the glymphatic system, which appears to be nearly 10 times more active during sleep than while awake. Go ahead and read all the details at the link on my blog at don'tletitgo.com. And I guess if you are a scientific type, you can probably find the actual paper, the research paper on which this was based. And then do check out Tony Schwartz and all of the different studies that he cites about sleep. One of the scariest ones was they talk about one uh, study in which they systematically just constantly deprived rats or uh, some other similar rodent, rats or mice, mice maybe, of sleep. Just would not let them. Yeah. (laughs) Or, oh, rats. Well, This is why we're glad Ted Cruz did not conduct his filibuster for 17 days, because listen to this study. These poor mice mice did not get to sleep for 17 days. And they ended up looking like uh, Harry Reid. Is that right? (laughs) They ended up dying after 17 days. John Belushi. So if you you actually don't have sleep for 17 days, you will die. I read a biography on John Belushi years ago, and um, he was up for 11 days at one point. 11 days, and he dropped dead not long after that, naturally. I mean, he was on coke every single day, kept just, who, who knows how much he took, but 11, 11 days. Yeah, that would do it. State Defiance in the chat room here says, I can sleep only when my hound dog spoons me. Is that wrong of me? And I would say absolutely not. As long as you're getting the sleep that you need in order to help fight the good fight, that is what we are concerned with, okay? So, so that's, my, that's my little preachy for today. So Obama doesn't sleep? 
I mean, that's what's saying. Okay. Yeah. It makes yeah. sense. Obama, his policies. Obama doesn't sleep. That's it. That's got to be what's going on. I mean, he's partying all the time, that's right? That's true. I mean, he says he used to do quote unquote blow in the eighties, seventies. So, are we now going to dig in? Yeah. Dig into the horribles? Yeah. Congress passes debt and budget deal. Wall Street Journal. I just went to the Wall Street Journal and found all the standard stories in order to get the details that we needed this week. The bill is going to reopen the government through January 15th, they say, and it will lift the debt ceiling until February 7th. Now, if you go a few links down on my blog at don'tletitgo.com to another story uh, it actually tells us, this is scary, it says that there actually is no debt ceiling right now. They have not set huh. an actual amount so that's what on they want. the debt ceiling. Well, well, that's what they ultimately want. They ultimately no, would love to have nothing. no debt ceiling ever, right? But what they're saying wow. right now is that there's no debt ceiling through at least February 7th, and possibly for an entire month after that, because they have their so-called emergency borrowing capabilities, which I think they've already been exercising their emergency borrowing capabilities. And that's why, remember people were talking about why has the debt stayed exactly right. the same for 150 right. days or whatever it is? It's because they've been doing this emergency borrowing garbage. Anyway, supposedly he's not supposed to spend any more than is already planned according to existing commitments or however they want to phrase that garbage. But there's no actual dollar limit between now and February 7th. And then, of course, there's also emergency borrowing that can go on after that time. And, of course, everything's an emergency for Obama. The more emergencies, the better for him. So there's going to be a lot of spending between now and then. And in fact, there's a little story that Dredge linked to just a little while ago. Washington Times says the U.S. debt jumps a record $328 billion in one day. Now, $328 billion, if I do my math right, which I wasn't very good at when I first started this show two years ago on Blog Talk Radio, $328 billion, is that a third of a trillion? Am I right? Yes. A third of a trillion. It jumps in one day. Why? Because this debt ceiling has been phony for the last 150 or whatever days mm. anyway, because they've been doing so-called emergency borrowing and leaving the, you know, the, the debt that they state that they'll fess up to constant. This is terrible. So there's that. Um, let's Let's go back, though, to the you know, other provisions that have to do with this debt deal. Because it's, I mean, it's it's really revulsifying. Can you know, I just if, if, direct people to something I did on my blog? About the debt? About the, sure. Well, about, about, the, about the fight against Obamacare, about the debt, about everything, about what's happening right now in Washington. Let's, let's get okay. that in when we talk about Sonny's as well, because okay. Sonny had a nice little portrayal of this fight and what it, what's been going on with it. So, um, you know, you know how the Wall Street Journal is. Oh, oh the the debt default would have been crippling. So they say They're, a potentially crippling U.S. debt default was averted late Wednesday. Their editorial sucks. As Congress passed this legislation, right? Uh, the House voted 285 to 144 to reopen the government through January 15th. You know, voted for this debt deal. 144 people in Congress voted against this garbage. So just keep that in mind. All 144 of them as I've seen people point out, yes, they are Republican. They are the better Republicans. In the Senate, 
it was 18 people who yep. voted against this. So remember, yep. there were 19 yep. people who joined Ted Cruz on the cloture vote. So one of those people has dropped off, apparently. Probably the rest of the 18 are By the way, some uh, of the same people. Some people try, try to say after uh, Ted Cruz says he wasn't going to fight this, that he sold out. Beyond. Oh, is one of them Inhofe? Uh, maybe. I don't maybe know. he was just missing. That could have been what maybe. happened, right? Because he had the emergency surgery. I think you might be right. So, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered whether he voted. So maybe all of the ones who backed Ted Cruz before stood firm. And the only reason is we don't have Inhofe, which I feel bad for him. I hope he's going to do better. Now, we have a couple people hanging on over at yeah, 760-888-5817. That's the phone number. But neither has pushed the question number. If you do want to talk about this, you can go ahead and put, I think it's push one or something at Blog Talk Radio, and you can talk to me. Otherwise, over here at the chat room, Robert NYC says he likes Sonny's sock puppet bit. You know, Robert, I'm very tempted to just have Sonny's sock puppet bit be the entire description of what went on with this deal because she really got it right. Basically, the Democrats said, as she put it, yep. <laughs> um, I'm going to take all your money, I'm going to punch you in the stomach and kick you in the balls. And then the Republicans said, no, you can't have all my money, but you can punch me in the stomach and kick me in the balls. And then the Democrats said, no, no, we won't accept that. The Republicans said, you can have some of my money, but then you can punch me in the stomach and kick me in the balls. That's right. And then they said, well, no, you're a terrorist because you won't let me have all your money, punch you in the stomach, kick you, and it went down from there. More or less, that's, she, that's it. That, that's pretty much what happened. So kudos and, to Sonny for, in a, you know, in, in, a, in a nutshell. In a nutshell, that's really what happened. So what is this they're going to do? Uh, you know, there, there was a the little thing in the sock puppet bit as well about this, talking about budget issues, you know, oh, we promise in two months we're going to get together and talk about the budget issues as well. Um, the only real pressure on these budget talks is apparently the sequester. Some of the sequester cuts still have not kicked in. They are threatening to kick in unless they have some sort of a budget agreement. So there is a little bit of pressure actually on that that doesn't come from within the debt deal at all. So basically, the Democrats, insofar as they're feeling any pressure to enter into budget negotiations with Republicans, it has nothing to do with the debt deal. So if they say, oh, yeah, we promised to do that, they would have done it yeah. anyway. Can we call them the, the uh, Cavicans? The Cavicans, yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. <sighs> anyway, it says the Senate had approved it, you know, 81 to 18. Okay, that's fine. Now, what, what is the agreement? Uh, temporary reprieve from this so-called brinksmanship. Um, they're going to, again, put off, you know, kick the can down the road. Spending's going to continue oh, yeah. as it has. Same. And, and they're going to try to be as dramatic as, Prob as Probably more. He's probably going to spend even more. He's going to try to get away with whatever he can because there is no dollar value on that debt ceiling right Who now. Who knows what he's going to do? Who knows what, what, he, what he's capable of? What else is it going to be? I'm trying to think if this particular... Um, article it contains all the details. No, I'm going to have to go into another article to get those details. But here's Boehner. Boehner says, we fought the good fight. <laughs> we, we just didn't win. Uh, and of course, he got some partial standing ovation from who knows who. Who knows? If you actually read another article that I have linked to at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, again, it's from the Wall Street Journal, and they talk about the actual ins and outs of the deal since summertime. And it turns out that at the beginning, as I suspected, Boehner came to Reed or Reed came to Boehner, whatever. Reed and Boehner were sure, buddies back then. And 
Um, Reed says, yeah, you know, we're going to hold you to 2011 spending levels, but we're going to attack on, on this continuing resolution, a little thing that says we're going to defund Obamacare. But you guys in the Senate, you're going to kick that out anyway. It's just kind of a token deal. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, right? And then the pressure starts mounting, and then Boehner says, oh, the tide is turning. I better say that I'm actually for yeah, this defunding yeah. thing and that it's because, not. Because I might keep my seat. Right. And so then when Boehner changed his mind, Reed started making fun of him publicly. Is that, is that, is that right? <laughs> right, right. Rats. And uh, then it turns out that we didn't even get the 2001, yeah. 11, 2011 spending levels. Imagine Obama being restricted, Obama and the Democrats being restricted to draconian 2011 spending levels. Say it isn't so, right? But that didn't even happen. Someone writes here, sorry, Jamon. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you could say the same thing. I'm sorry. About the, the Republicans are Democrats with the balls. So they're like unicans. Right? Yeah, basically it's true. What, what, what was the, you had, there was some picture of... Ted Cruz, like an ancestor of Ted Cruz. <laughs> it was some ape with like huge balls or something. It was really it was, in poor uh, taste. A friend yeah. Walter on, on Facebook posted it. Yeah. Okay. Oh. It was funny. Yeah. So it, it made the point. You know, there there is a reason that I shared this article at don'tletitgo.com. Uh, again, program notes. I put the links to all these articles that I'm talking about. This article on Wall Street Journal. Again, the headline is Congress passes debt and budget deal. And the bill, you know, reopens the government through January 15th. This was published and updated actually today, October 18th, 248. And it talks about Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan was one of the people who actually voted against this deal. Now, did he do it just out of convenience? Yes. Because yes. he just he, wants he, to say, I voted against it in the future? Look, they covered these guys sometimes. They said, listen, you can vote against this, okay? And you'll be good. Don't worry about it. We got enough votes. You know what I mean? So they, they protect these guys. They give them cover by saying, you can say that you voted against it, even though you probably would have voted against it if we needed your vote. But you can, but you can say you voted against it, so that's good. For political, you know, for, for political convenience, experience. Boehner voted for the bill. So did Cantor. And so did Majority Whip Kevin McCarthy, who is from here in our once great state of California. Mm-hmm. Budget Committee Chairman, though, Paul Ryan voted against it, and he said, today's legislation won't help us reduce our fast-growing debt. In my judgment, in my judgment, he says, this isn't a breakthrough. We're just kicking the can down the road. Boy, yeah, that's yeah. rocket science, right? <laughs> I, mean, you know what? Um, I mean, who hasn't said that? Every pundit has said that. It's just, I don't know. It's, just, it's, it's, getting, it's, it's getting old. Mr. Obama, says the Wall Street Journal, said that the legislation will lift the cloud of uncertainty the financial crisis has created. Also, can is a euphemism. I mean, they're trying to kick the mountain down. I mean, that's what they're trying, but they can't. That's true. It's so big, it's not even a can it's anymore. It's a mountain. It's, 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 it's the Himalayas. <laughs> okay, here's the cartoon of the week. Are you ready? They're talking about kicking the can down the road. What you should have is you should have a huge can, and, and, and they're straining with all their might to push it down the road <laughs> right. because that's what it is. That's what we've got exactly. now. Exactly. It's immovable. So they're just ignoring the can. They, it's not that they're kicking it. They're ignoring it. It's, right, it's all around them. Yeah, uh, Obama says, you know, we now have an opportunity to focus on a sensible budget, blah, blah, blah. Republicans, says the article, came up essentially empty-handed from the battle that split the party over the tactic driven by the most combative conservatives of pressing curbs 
pressing four curves to the 2010 health law. Public opinion polls that the you know show that the badly damaged GOP reputation, blah blah blah. Okay, but it says that they got almost nothing. So let's go back to the articles that give us a little bit of a rundown on the specifics Just, of it. Uh, one thing in terms of the uh, Republicans' reputation, John uh, John McCain. Uh, he was on Fox News, and he was saying that the Republicans are so unpopular now, basically trying to suggest that it's Ted Cruz's fault, who was here less than a year. McCain's been here for 30-plus years, but he's trying to blame it on Ted Cruz, not him. And that's why the Republicans suck, but because of Ted Cruz. That's yeah. all. Again, if you do want to talk about this debt deal or the GOP's war against the Tea Party, call 760-888-5817. Okay, let's dive right in. 72521 in the chat room says it's certain that we will collapse. I mean, we'll collapse eventually. It's just a question of when and how much time we have. And so what we got to figure out is what we're going to do in the meantime. So let's go ahead and first look at what is in this deal with the devil, the so-called debt deal. Debt ceiling says the legislation permits the Treasury to borrow normally through February 7th and preserves the Treasury's emergency flexibility to avoid default for a period of time after that date. In other words, Obama has a blank check until March 7th of 2014 that he can use however he wants, probably to help out the Democrats get yes. elected in 2014. To give him what? More power? Yeah, give him more power. Because he wants after the Democrats. I mean, he's hoping the Democrats will take over control of both houses. Yes. yes. And that, that he will be able to just do whatever he wants in the last couple of years of his presidency. Uh, the shutdown, it says the deal funds the government through January 15th. Government workers will go back to work and will get pay. So... January 15th, there is a little bit of leverage that the House Republicans could use if they're actually going to use it, if it's not thoroughly damaged forever. The budget, it directs, uh, this deal directs the House and Senate negotiators to try to reach a budget agreement by mid-December. Now, again, there was already sequester pressure on them to do this, so the fact that this is in the deal is just a bunch of window dressing as far as I'm concerned. And there's nothing binding in it. Nothing happens if they don't do it according to this debt deal. Obamacare. Here's the rub. No major alterations at all to the 2010 health care law known as Obamacare. So not even that medical device tax. No. They didn't even get the alteration to that. They got one minor change that was sought by Republicans. It will set new procedures to verify the incomes of some people receiving government subsidies for health insurance costs. That probably means hiring more government workers to do it anyway. How much do you want to bet that the amount that they'll spend hiring more government workers to verify this? And Obama's going to give some of his friends, like the contract to be the company that does the income verification, right? And a lot of people's personal information is going to get shared all over the Internet while they're ver- verifying the income, blah, blah, blah. If you know, Really, 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 here's, here's another piece of advice. Well, I got a couple pieces of advice because now we have Obamacare in play at least for a while. Ted Cruz and Mike Lee and Jim DeMint very publicly, very importantly, have announced that they're not going to stop the fight against Obamacare. But it's here for a while. If you can, please avoid signing up for an Obamacare-approved insurance plan through an exchange. And surely, if you can afford not to, don't take one of their subsidies. If you're in their system, if you've put your information in the system, there was a 
headline on Dredge today that said that the insurers, the actual people that you want to sign up with and, and do business with, that they're not getting the right information from the Obamacare exchange. So the news is getting worse in terms of that. And, you know, not only that, personal information is probably shareable with all sorts of other federal agencies because you've, you know, we don't know what's in the 2,000 pages, but I suspect that once you voluntarily share your information through these Obamacare exchanges, that it can be shared in other ways that it couldn't have before. So, yeah, I would not recommend not buying health insurance to you. I mean, you know, if you think it is a rational choice for you to buy health insurance, don't say, well, I'm going to protest and I'm not going to buy health insurance. If it's a rational choice for you to do it, you can find a plan that fits your needs within your budget. I would say do it. But try, if you can, to buy it through private means. Don't go even through a state-run exchange. Sure, some of the state-run exchanges will be better than others. They'll be more honest than others, but probably those state-run exchanges will have sh- information sharing provisions and all kinds of horrible things. So try to try to preserve yourself. Uh, here, again, who knows what's going to happen with this income verification. Once you sign up for a subsidy, you say that you're going to claim a subsidy, who knows what's going to happen to your information. So Then it also says, Listen to this. The deal does not cut government health insurance benefits for congressional and administration officials or their staff. It does not what? It doesn't cut the benefits that the Congress is going to receive. So they get their cushy (laughs) 75% of whatever the premium is subsidy, but we don't get that. We have no, to. It's, it's we have to incur the increases is, in cost under Obamacare. They don't. I, I think we just a lot of us are realizing that it's been Washington versus the American people for over 100 years, and this is, has come to a head now. It's just so blatant and obvious, and now they celebrate themselves, pat each other on the back, pat themselves on the back for doing this for gotten us like this. The senator from Louisiana in the Senate who has the. Landry's Bill Landrews? Uh, um, maybe. Okay. There's a uh, there's a senator in Louisiana who is proposing a piece of legislation under which they don't have these special benefits, and oh, okay. I think that they're no, the one, these no. guys should all be forced on an up and down vote on that yeah, on the record piece of legislation. Say we're on the record saying that we believe we deserve special yes. favors that you don't get, and then here's the sequester. This is the only. Thing. The the only thing that the Republicans didn't cave on is something that was already there. It says the Senate deal doesn't include a provision granting federal agencies more flexibility to mitigate the effects of across the board reductions known as the sequester. It says congressional aides said the next round of cuts kick in when the stopgap spending measure ends in mid January, giving negotiators more motivation to reach. A deal, but of course they're not even required to get to the table till December fifteenth. Then they're going to take a huge, huge long break over Christmas. The idea that these guys are actually going to get together right. and carve out budget cuts that make more sense than the sequester cuts—I right. don't know—but they at least think they have motivation to do that. But they already had it before. So the point is, what is it the Republicans got here? They got one little minor change about new procedures to verify incomes. And those procedures themselves, I predict, 
and I'm not going to go around saying I told you so because who cares? It's all horrible. I mean, what can but say that? I, pre- I predict that it's going to result in a lot more spending, a new bureaucracy, and privacy lost for Americans who sign up for the subsidies. Don't you think? Yeah, I, mean, I just... You know, since the Republicans have no no leaders, I think Obama has has become their leader. They basically do what he wants. That's it. You know, he's the uh, leader of the of the polling party because of, of that vacuum. And uh, they would rather have him than than Ted, Ted Cruz. If you gave him a choice behind the scenes, would you rather you know follow Obama or Ted Cruz? They would they would follow Obama. They would. They have. And they call Ted Cruz a terrorist. Literally. I mean, I just. It's just it's it's so shocking to me. Terrorist. Oh yeah, no, and and and, and I mean, well, that, well, that's why the stock puppet. Yeah, the stock puppet thing was so him terrorist if he actually became a terrorist. That's the only time they would stop call call him a terrorist. As I said, go watch Sunny TV. She's been featured on the Daily Caller for the last several weeks with her weekly Sunny TV news, and this week the little sock puppet bit, just showing what this debt deal is like, and. The, so, so yeah, definitely, definitely go watch it. Maybe that's all you really wanted to know about it, but I wanted to give you a little bit of details. I think it is insane yeah. that there is no dollar amount no. on the debt ceiling, that it is a time limit. It's basically a blank check to Obama I mean, and is, the Democrats until criminal, February a, 7th, and actually March 7th. Because this is a, of a criminal's dream. I mean, this is the joker is what it is. No limits. I mean, limitless political power. Unlimited. If you if you want to be really disgusted, then what you do is you go over to the next story that I have from the Wall Street Journal. It says, behind the debt deal, silence, distrust, and hardball. And it says basically that towards the end, you know, in the, in the 11th hour, both parties focused mainly on trying to kill any plans that emerged, both from, both from the opposing party and their own colleagues. So any sort of a deal that was actually going to achieve anything other than the status quo was killed by both sides in the last hours. But the thing that they tell you is they tell you a blow by blow, date by date, who met with whom, what was discussed. And really at the end, Reed was just strong arming as far as far as I can tell here. Let me get to the parts where Reed and McConnell uh, ran um, I mean, where, where they actually met. So it says that when, um, okay, after, after the House effort, there was a House effort, you know, to try to go ahead and pass their, you know, one last bill of their own at the very last minute. And it says an hour or so after that collapsed, Mr. McConnell called Mr. Reed to restart their negotiations. And it says the Republican leader added a few demands to where the two parties had ended their talks on Monday night. Mr. Reed rejected them. Mr. McConnell called back about 15 minutes later and said, okay, we'll just start where we left off the night before. And then it says, all it tells us is the next day when the deal was largely finished, Mr. Reed wandered to the floor to wait for Mr. McConnell, who was briefing his caucus on the final result. When the Republican leader made it out of his meeting, the two men sealed the deal with a handshake on the Senate floor. So basically, Reed got exactly what he wanted and like a thug, Republicans got absolutely nothing. And said, okay, and that means we got absolutely nothing. Yes. We got completely screwed with this. Deal. But then also uh, McConnell got the two billion dollars kickback in the Kentucky. Right, and that's, that's what they do. This is this is what we want to see, right? So 
like I said, the next link there, don'tletitgo.com, you see there's no actual debt ceiling at all. And now we've seen the U.S. debt jumps a record $328 billion in one day. How does that happen? I think that happens because the Treasury has been exercising its so-called emergency borrowing powers for 150 days. So talk about this. When they tell you, they say, okay, well, you know, the debt ceiling should be, I guess, $2 trillion higher by the time February 7th rolls around or something. It's going to be more. Why? Because they're going to be spending even more. Obama's not even spending as currently projected. That's what I think that 150-day freeze shows us. That means it's going to be even worse than it is. So we're, we're, we're past $17 trillion now, $17 trillion. We have over 200 Nine, trillion in unfunded liabilities. Ninety trillion. I mean, that's I think the official one. Nine, ninety trillion. Okay. Someone said two hundred. I never heard that number before. I've I've always heard ninety, 90 trillion unfunded liabilities. Ninety trillion. And they're worried about what? And they're making deals and wheels on what? Yeah. By the way, I mean, uh, just just one thing. You know the Washington Redskins, uh, how Washington now and Obama and you know Bob Costas viewers. Uh, Bob Costas should change his name to Bob Costas viewers. But anyway. Uh, Washington should change their name to uh, Mos Eisley. And if, if you don't know what Mos Eisley is, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, I just, I don't know, I don't know what to say. But Mos Eisley is basically, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's described as a wretched hive of scum and villainy. A wretched, uh, I've got how we put it, uh, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But basically, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Washington should change his name to Mos Eisley. Sorry. <laughs> now, what was the cartoon that you had describing the deal? Basically, it, it's called DC vs. T. I think it's a third cartoon from, from top of my blog, Faustin.blogspot. It's basically the gist of what went on with Ted Cruz, Republicans, and Democrats. And check it out. Uh, I think it's pretty... I think it says it pretty well. One thing that was, of course, absurd is for people to say that Ted Cruz yeah. somehow wasn't fighting yeah. anymore because he didn't stop they, this particular deal from going through. I heard him call, be called a sellout oh, after yeah. doing what he did. Everything he, you know what, he didn't uh, fight the Republicans, Democrats. He didn't fight everyone in Washington, therefore he's a sellout. How stupid is that? He thought, no doubt about it, he went in thinking he might be able to persuade some Republicans to act like Republicans, and they betrayed him and, and the country. So he didn't go in there thinking, oh, they're all scum of the earth. He said, let's see what I could do here. Yeah. And now, now he knows he has to fight everyone in Washington, Republicans, Democrats. As he said today, I didn't go into Washington to make friends. And therefore, he made a lot of enemies, naturally. Yeah, he just went in there to actually do his job, do what he promised to do. And now they are trying to punish him for it. Let's go ahead and look at the pork in the bill. And I'm actually over at CNN. CNN has a nice little convenient piece. It says there's a little pork in that bill, the five most surprising provisions in the debt deal. They say so much for a clean bill. That's right. This, this, That's this right. Is, this, is call, this, is like, this is the insult to injury, you know, add insult to injury segment here because the, you know, the, the little essentials of the bill that we just read you, that's not all that's there. There's pork in it too, right? So it says the measure passed by Congress to fund government and raise the debt ceiling also contains some goodies and gifts tucked into the 35-page bill. They said that there's money, a lot more for a dam project on the Ohio River. Now, is the Ohio River in Ohio? Is the dam uh, project is it, is it Boehner is Boehner wait, wait, benefiting you from this? The dam project or the you mean is that is that what saying? <laughs> A literal, that, does, does, not D A M N. No, 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 no. 
no, I guess I guess no. It's the, it's it's the damn uh, it's the Ohio River that's going through Kentucky. That's what I think it is right here because it says River Project. Kentucky kicked back 2.2 billion. I've seen estimates between 2 billion and 2.9 billion and depending also, on where you read. They've been working on it for like 20 years. You know, that's how important it is. Yeah, 2.2 billion. It says that's the amount in additional cash authorized for a project that involved a dam and decades-old locks on a river that flows through Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell's home state of Kentucky. Sounds kind of fishy, it says, but the Democrat Senate aide and a Republican senator says it's on the level. Well, you know. Can you say Mitch rhymes with? Yeah. No one Mitch rhymes Mitch with. Mitch rhymes with. Okay, fine. Um, the aide tells CNN that McConnell didn't push for the project to be included. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Oh, man. As long as he didn't push for it to be included. I mean, hey, right? You know, you know what they do. Oh, well, I don't want to push for the. I don't want it to look bad. So yes. you push for this and yes. I'll push for yours and you scratch my back and I'll if, scratch if you yours. McConnell also, he's always behind the scenes, always in the shadows, that rat. I mean, he's never in the cameras. He's never talking. He never makes a speech. He really, really, really does. I mean, look at his face. I mean, that's all I know. But the cameras you know, hate him. The, uh, the, the the chat's very active over here at blogtalkradio.com. Go ahead and get in on the chat. 72521, I missed a little comment that he or she posted a little bit ago, and it's about Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff calls this a debt target, not a debt ceiling. That's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, it'd be, it'd be nice to have a, a, a debt ceiling. I mean, they don't have a budget. They don't believe in budgeting, so they just think, you know, hey, we'll spend a little here, we'll spend a little there, and let's just hope that, you know, our debt somewhere around this by February. That's basically what they're doing. But anyway, so here's the pork. It's going to help Mitch McConnell. Oh, yes. M- McConnell didn't push oh, for it. Yeah. And remember, this legislation originated in the Senate. So we're going to yes. be looking at the Senate for the perpetrators. So what do you want? Speak. What do you want, Mitch? What do you want? What do you got? That's it. Now, Senator Lamar Alexander, um, who's a key figure on the committee that oversees what water projects will get money, says that he and another senator asked for the cash. I don't so know. He's, I mean, he's taking the fall for McConnell. Sorry, just just one thing. They enter they enter Washington not rich. They 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 leave rich. These are lazy bastards. That's why they enter politics to begin with. They're not hard workers. They always do this. They go where the money is and they rape us left and right. And this is what they do. That's it. They don't work. I mean, what what's work to them? What's work to Obama? What is it? I don't know. I mean, seriously, what is it? I, I really don't know. They're anti-work by nature. No. And I mean, if you're actually working for your money, then you might actually get self-esteem, and then you might actually vote against these statists, and that's, that's the last thing they want in the entire world. So. State Defiance says it's, it's not Mitch, it's Miatch. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you. Thank you for giving us a little laugh here. Okay, so what's else? what else is in this in terms of pork? Flood recovery funds for Colorado. I do not begrudge the people of Colorado in terms of suffering from the funds, and at least that's you know something that the people of Colorado suffered through no fault of their own. But nonetheless, the $450 million that they're going to get for rebuilding is apparently well over the limit of $100 million that the Department of Transportation is allowed uh, in the Disaster Relief Appropriations Act. So kind of interesting. I don't know if that's, you know, pork or not. Uh, I don't, 
you'd have to see where the votes went with that. This one is egregious, and other people have been talking about this too. The late Senator Frank, uh, Frank Lautenberg, his widow, who is independently wealthy, says worth more than $59 million is going to get $174,000, which I guess is traditional. You would think in times of contraction as we have now and, and fiscal crisis, that they wouldn't be giving money to somebody who was already rich, but they're going to go ahead and do it. And then other winners. It says there were more agencies that got big money in the bill. Agencies that fight wildfires could get as much as $636 million, depending on how bad it gets in the next year. The Mine Safety Department is getting a bump in the fees it can keep, a $1 million increase to $2.49 million. A watchdog group that it's meant to guard Americans' right to privacy against overreach is going to get $3.1 million. You don't need $3.1 million. All you need, if you want to guard Americans' right to privacy, all you need to do is get rid of the third-party doctrine. Problem solved. It would cost a lot less than $3.1 million. I would love to litigate that case if I knew how to do it. Yikes. Um, Congress is going to get the same pay. They're not going to get a raise. Oh, well, who needs a raise when you're going to get a huge increase in the amount of subsidies to your health insurance under Obamacare? So there we are. That is the pork that's included in the bill. And yeah, you know, I mean, it couldn't have been McConnell that, that wanted it because after all, somebody else proposed it. These people talk behind the scenes. I would like the NSA to tell us what's going on behind the scenes in the Senate and in Congress. Again, if you'd like to actually talk, go to 760-888-5817 and click the little one button. I think you have to press one if you actually want to talk with us over here, or you can chime in at the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio. Holly in the chat room says that she's from Colorado, and she says, I did not ask for that money. Tickets went on sale today for a huge benefit concert that will probably raise more money than the feds will give. Yes, exactly, Holly. And I bet the private money will be managed better than the federal money. The federal money just seems to kind of disappear into thin air all the time. Anyway, let's, uh, let's not talk too much about that. So here we have, we have the deal. The deal went down. The deal basically was... Status quo as usual, Republicans got almost nothing. There's pork in it as well. They're going to supposedly come to the table in two months, but they had to do that anyway because of the sequester. You can see why people are, are very depressed. And so, yes, again, I, you know, I say not just go watch Anthem, but, yeah, go watch Sonny's video because it'll give you a laugh and let you blow off a little bit of steam about this as well. This is where we start talking about what it is that we need to do. Oh, people are saying Bosch must be sleeping. I think Bosch is refueling his blood sugar, right? I was going to say something about Chris Christie. Oh, okay. Chris Christie, yeah. Uh, do, we have, do we have a quote from Chris Christie in the last couple of days that we can just like pull up here I'm, for you? I'm actually let, me, let, me, let, me, let me see if I can pick, pull up Chris what, Christie. What was the rule from now on about Chris yeah, Christie? Yeah, Chris Christie. We mentioned Chris, we have to be eating. Yes, Chris Christie in the news. Okay. Now, he is Peter eating. But basically, he has refused to reveal his health records. His opponent did, but he has not. That's true. That's true. And I would like to see Chris Christie's health records. But, of course, maybe we don't want to know 
the exact number well, that he Well, he had a lot to hide. A lot to hide. You know I mean? Yeah. Now, let me see here what I can find in terms of a quote from Chris Christie. Okay, can I have a piece of chocolate, please? Yes. I need a piece of chocolate here. Peter eating, okay? Yeah, we are, we are almost at the top of the hour, so I think it is time for our ceremonial chocolate eating. While mentioning right. Chris Christie. And this, time. you know, Peter Schwartz recommends, I mean, not Peter Schwartz, uh, Tony Schwartz. Peter Schwartz, I'm thinking of the objectivist writer. Right. But Tony Schwartz recommends, yes, a little bit of refueling here. So I'm going to uh, quote a little from Chris Christie here. Here we go. Okay. He's talking about something he does in his state. Here he goes. Everything we've done... Has been a bipartisan accomplishment, Christie says in one of his TV ads. Well, he's bipartisan. He's both Democrat and Republican. Mm-hmm. He's big enough to be mm-hmm. both. Go on. Mm. But I'm the one who told you, Bosch, <laughs> that Chris Christie is on both sides of the aisle at, <laughs> at the, the same, same time. time. Yes. Both figuratively and <laughs> literally. Okay. So here he goes. Here he goes. Mm. Oh. He says, "It's my job to make sure to make sure." That compromise happens. He will not compromise with his, with his diet, but, you know. Mm. It's my job, he says, to make sure that compromise happens. <laughs> I'm going to ruin my microphone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> State Defiant says, says, I'd like to get behind Chris Krispy Kreme, but no one would see me. <laughs> That's excellent. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Okay. He is, look, he is power hungry, okay, and he has to be stopped. I think I put a little bit of chocolate on my screen here, my microphone screen. This is uh-huh. horrible. I'm going to wash it. Okay. He says, you see, as long as you stick to your principles, compromise isn't a dirty word. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What? That's a, that's a real quote from Chris Christie. I mean, uh, yes, I do find, I find quotations from Chris Christie to... You know, facilitate Look, my chocolate. I get hungry every time. I'm, every time his name comes, up, I just get hungry. I don't know why. But I, I don't make up the quotes. Okay, this is a real quote. He says it's his job to make sure that compromise happens, and he says as long as you stick to your principles, compromise isn't a dirty word. Oh man! Again, check out this one bumper sticker I have him. It's it's, it's called Christie 2016 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> He's a terrible. Terrible politician, a terrible "quote unquote" leader, and he's just obese. I mean, I mean, you know what? This one leftist called him "svelte" the other way. You know why? Because they were busy trashing Ted Cruz. Anyone, even since he got his lap band surgery, allegedly he's lost what "svelte." That means we need Christie as insurance against Hillary Clinton if she loses. The left needs Christie as a Republican president if Hillary loses. That's the only reason why they support him. Up until now, they will try to bury him while he goes up against Hillary. But if Hillary loses, they're fine with Christie. Now, Ann Coulter is or is not supporting Christie. I don't know. Now. I don't yeah. know. She's been a real flopper. I mean, she really was gung ho for uh, for Romney to the point where she says three cheers for Romney Care, as if you know, it, as she puts it, it was a Republican, a conservative uh, legislation BS. And then she was for Christie. And I don't know now. Supposedly she's against the Republicans now. She likes Ted Cruz, Mike Lee. Still might, might like Chris Christie. She's a mess. I, I really can't figure out where she stands. It's like also she knows she, about Pigman and, and never mentioned him. But anyway, well, I mean that that obviously yeah. says something bad about her. But I, I literally can't understand the little bits from the little bits that I've seen. It seems like she's schizophrenic. So on the one hand, she thinks a governor should be the one. Yes. The other thing, she doesn't like Republicans attacking themselves, but she says that Ted Cruz and Mike Lee are the best ones. Yeah. 
but so she's, but she's not supporting them as candidates look, for 2016. If people Ish. who say Ted Cruz cannot be president, look at our current president. Look at him. Anti-American, friends with terrorists, destroying the country. If he can become president, anyone can, we can get an actual patriot, can't we? Right. I mean, to to think that's all meaning. We where Chrissy's going to win because he's a piece of crap also. I mean, this this is a terrible state that we're in. To think that a good guy, a patriot, cannot become president. If an an enemy of the United States of America can, can become president, then truly anyone can. And why not the best one? Why not? By the way, uh, uh, Mike uh, Carlos on uh, Twitter writes me, goes uh, about Chrissy, it's up to me to see that compromise is reached before lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's, uh, I think Chris Chris is eating at the moment, but anyway, what were we saying? <laughs> Oh man! You know he I, would he would hate a government shutdown because it would mean maybe that some of the, the cooks at the White House, right? The well, chefs, I think yeah. I think that one chef with him would be twenty, thirty different. You know, whatever. We'll see. Yeah, it, it you know it'd be interesting. I mean, look, sorry, I, I, he is the it, personification of the U.S. government. I mean, if you want a picture of the U.S. government in in a, in a human form, yeah, look at Chris Christie. Someone someone questions say a human form, as in he doesn't look human, but he looks like our government. He is our government. He is. And he can drop dead, and we could drop dead the way the way we're spending. So, we are at the top of the hour. You're listening to Don't Let It Go Unheard. I'm Amy Peacock. I've got cartoonist Bosch Faustin here in the studio with me, and we are talking about this deal with the devil, the so-called debt deal, and the results and the fallout, and of course, our top of the hour bashing of Chris Christie, so that we can eat chocolate. Yes, that's always a good thing. Every time we mention Christie, we have to eat something, chocolate in particular. People talk about principle and, and lack thereof with the, with the Republicans, and I think I think most Republicans will say I had a principle once in a, in, a, in high school. You know what I mean, high school, middle school. You know what I mean, they they had a few principles in their in their lifetime. You know, there's there's an article or a blog post to be written here to say, okay, what would it mean to stand up for your principles and then at the same time realize that when you're legislating, you're not going to get 100% of what you yeah. want eventually yeah. right now right. how how does that actually work in practice that would be you know i've got a standing interview request for senator ted cruz i don't know if he's ever going to come to my show here on blog talk radio i would love if he would that would be great but one of the things i would love to talk to yeah. him about is how, how does he see that working out because for instance he wants to repeal obamacare Entirely, yeah. but he was fighting to achieve just a defunding, which is a temporary thing. Which because it's impossible to repeal it at the moment. It's impossible. So de- de- defunding was not impossible. Yeah, I think defunding could happen. Re- the sellout Republicans made it so. But you know, so so then the question is, you know, how does he see being able to accomplish something legislatively with these people who just want to perpetuate big government? and make progress and yet not compromise your principles, you know, it's understood if you are a legislator that you don't necessarily agree with every single line in a piece of legislation that you vote for. That much is known. But this idea of, oh, well, you know, compromise and keep your principles, I don't think that Ted, I mean, I don't think that Chris Christie means the same thing that we would. Of course not. Of course not. Right? Christie, the first thing he does is compromise. I mean, he has no principles. Well, that, well, that's that's what I'd like to do. If yeah. if I could sit him down, Christy, for an interview, Look, I would like to say, what do you uh, see? Cupcake, and then, you know yeah, what what do you see? Are your principles? What are your principles that you don't compromise? Because I have never seen. He'll get angry. Him. No, but he'll get defensive and angry because he doesn't have him. Then he'll pull out a donut and put it in his mouth, as did on David Letterman. Now, 
And what I'm saying is he, he is unprincipled by nature. Fundamentally, this is what he is. He's a politician through and through. He'll say whatever he has to say, and he'll try to pretend that he's tough against the unions. He's not tough against anything. And New Jersey is still in the tank. It still stinks, taxes-wise. It stinks. Uh, he's made no real difference. He has been more Democrat than Republican. That's why you know, they, they can vote for him. Again, any Democrat, it's like Romney. When, when he ran, I said, well, I can live with Romney, uh, Jimmy Carter. Barbara Walters seemed respectful towards him. They would not be that way against for uh, uh, Ted Cruz. And also this idea that Ted Cruz can't win. I mean, Reagan won in landslides. He had, to, he had to fight the Republican Party to get the nomination two or three times. It can happen. Maybe, maybe not 2016, but it can happen. I want it to be 2016, of course, but he can win. And he's, you know, he's really representing us in Washington. He really is, him and Mike Lee. And they were not politicians before they became politicians. They were not. That's to their credit. No, and, and, and let's, let's go ahead and look at this article that you gave me, actually, Bosch, over here at, from Red State. It and was, you uh, said you got it from Mark yeah, Levin, Mark right? Levin. Mark Levin found this article. So this uh, was published on October 15th, authored by John Hayward. And he's talking about power and obedience. And basically, it's a picture of where we are now. And we're not anywhere different after the debt deal than before the debt deal. The debt deal just shows One thing about the, Chris kind of the bankruptcy of where we are. One right more now. about Chris yeah. Christie. He said he ate a principal once and didn't like the way it tasted. Anyway, so, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so here's you know, and again, Christie is. I mean, if, if Christie was to win, Ugh. it would be more of the same. That's it. Status quo. We, we might be coming totalitarian at a slightly yep. slower rate than under Obama, but Christie and Obama are two two, pe- two peas in a very big pod. Yep, slight socialist, and they're <laughs> very friendly. Two peas in a very odd-shaped pod. <laughs> they're very friendly, a little too friendly. Could that be another cartoon? Sure. Two peas in a very odd-shaped pod. Sure. Chris Christie and Obama, because yeah. Obama's super skinny, Mr. Smoker dude. Maybe uh, Obama playing golf on Chris Christie. You mean that'll be the golf course, Chris Christie's body? You mean, or, across the whole field? No? Okay. I don't know. Like he comes in handy, you know, <laughs> Christy does. Anyway, here, let's, uh, let's read on Hayward. So he says, there's nothing more pernicious than the illusion of liberty surviving or even flourishing alongside growing government power. He says, it doesn't work that way. Not once you get past the transition from anarchy to lawful government. Personal liberty does not exist in a state of anarchy, of course, and I'm glad he agrees, because individuals can be defrauded, robbed, and killed at will by lone predators and organized gangs. Some degree of government power must be clearly exercised, must clearly be exercised in order to secure liberty. And then he goes on, though, that the government has to be limited and power. Um, If you grow the federal system larger, he says, this occurs only at the expense of liberty and the contraction of the private sector. It's quite obvious, this, this piece, but it's, it still has to be said. It has to be written at this time, especially. Yeah, it has to be. Skipping down a little, he says, big government, is, and I, now I'm thinking of Chris Christie every time I read big government, <laughs> um, is often sold to the dupes as a guarantor of personal freedom. He says, for example, Nancy Pelosi once gushed that Obamacare would enhance the freedom of artists by relieving them of the need to worry about providing for their health care. Ha ha. Can you imagine being an artist, going onto the website, signing up, realizing, first of all, that the premiums are higher than they would have been if you had gone to get an individual plan before Obamacare. Second, that now your personal information is being compromised and that you are 
basically going to have to protect protect your identity, go around salvaging what's ever left of your identity, your personal financial information. They had to lie their asses off to push this thing. They had to. There was no chance in hell that they would do it otherwise. Someone actually was calling her. Oh, there's actually a number of people calling, but none of them have pushed the button. Oh, we do have a question. Excellent. This is good. Um, In any event, let me me, uh, get a little bit more of the highlights out of this article, and then we'll go ahead and take our caller. But... Uh, you know, here he says, presumably under this Pelosi line of thinking, the state of maximum freedom is achieved when the government feeds, clothes, and houses its child citizens who would be liberated to frolic in the green pastures of self-actualization once they didn't have to spend so much of their lives working to earn the money it takes to purchase those necessities through voluntary commerce. Let me emphasize that point, something that uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower said mm-hmm. about uh, basically he says um, – one second. He says, uh, he says, if you want total security, go to prison. There you're fed, clothed, given medical care, and so on. The only thing lacking is freedom. It's, it's a very simple, powerful statement. Right, right. And, you know, this idea that you don't want to limit government, that government is going to guarantee your freedom the more and more and more that it does – is garbage. And so when they're looking, you know, he says, look at the shutdown crisis now. He says, we're only talking about a shutdown because the ruling class freely disobeys the laws. They are the laws. So the laws apply to us. They restrict our freedom, but not them. They're trying to fight to protect Obamacare. It's the settled law of the land as if, you know, Mm -hmm. you're not going, you're not supposed to dissent at all. If you do dissent, of course, that's anarchy. They act as if that's the only law of the land. Constitution, meh. Obamacare, that's it, forever. He says, even as the aristocracy luxuriates at the highest level of power, the ability to not only pass laws but ignore them, he says, demands for compliance and obedience from the rest of us grow more strident. And actually, I didn't include this link, but I'll I'll try to put it on my blog later at don'tletitgo.com. A listener from uh, Switzerland actually sent me via a message at my Don't Let It Go Unheard page on Facebook. He sent me an article, and it's actually, the article's from Forbes.com, and it talks about Swiss banks. And now the federal government this year is starting to go after the Swiss banks. Uh, There's one Swiss bank called Frey, F-R-E-Y, that's going to close because of an IRS investigation, et cetera, et cetera. So if you are trying to have a completely secret Swiss bank account, you can no longer do that because our federal government wants to make sure it's getting every single tax dollar that it's entitled to, uh, you know, by going in there. So I I was reminded of that, but thanks to uh, Lucas who sent me that over at Don't Let It Go Unheard. It it was very depressing as I read it though, yeah, but it's, it's from Forbes, the article's from Forbes, and the article is titled Swiss Bank Fray to close over IRS investigation. It's a, a recent article over there. Don't mean to interrupt. One last thing, please. Sure. I just got on my wall, Ed Maslish, a friend of mine on Facebook, just put on my wall mm-hmm. that uh, Rand Paul endorses Mitch McConnell, I guess, for his upcoming election. Oh, no. Now, Rand Paul, I rarely mention him now. He's gotten worse and worse, or just he's been exposed more and more. It is basically Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, and some others in the, in the House. That's about it. Rand Paul's a hack. He's become a hack. Now, you know, he's talking about compromise. He's endorsing a real pathetic leader in McConnell. 
And that's all. So he's and like McConnell said, is, like, a, is a is a Republican. He's read, a typical Republican. Read that report on the Wall, you know, the one from the Wall Street Journal that I linked to that talks about the behind the scenes, what went on. When you read that last part about what went on between yeah. McConnell and Reed towards the very end, it sounds like McConnell got absolutely nothing in those negotiations. That he's a flimsy, yeah. worthless dude. Yeah. So at the very least, he's just weak yeah. and worthless. At the worst. He's getting his pork behind the scenes yes. in order to, I mean, you He's know, it, 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 it sounds like he got his pork. That's really what it sounds like. And then for Rand Paul to endorse that, I don't know. That, there's something weird going on there for sure. No, but but of Rand course, Paul is just distancing himself from the Tea Party in order to get the nomination. In his mind, that's what he thinks is to be done. Okay, well, we'll that's see, a, we'll no, see how well that strategy moderate, works. He wants, and he doesn't realize the country is fed up. Yeah. The Tea Party is the American people. And the Washington is Democrats and Republicans. That's the war right now. That's where we are. This is a political war. It, it's really between advocates of big government and advocates of government as the framers intended, which is a government limited to the purpose of protecting our rights, which means limited to protecting us from the initiation of force. Right now, government is initiating force against us, and we want it to stop. At the very end of this article, again, over at Red State, it says that if you want a big government, then you want less freedom yeah. and more compulsion. Yeah. If we gain nothing else from the shutdown drama and the Obamacare fiasco, let it mark the end of all pretense to the contrary. These people need to be portrayed yeah. as the advocates of force, of the initiation of force by government against us. So thanks to John Hayward, thanks to Mark Levin and Bosch Faustin for pointing this out to me. Let's go ahead and take a call here over at Blog Talk Radio. Hi, who's this? Hi, Amy. It's Robert. Hi, Robert. How are you? I guess I'm probably I'm very being good. very... Thank you. Hi, you're, you're good. You're good, even with hey, the, the week's news? Yeah, I am, because I'm not surprised. I mean, is anyone here really, really surprised at what happened? I'm surprised that they got absolutely nothing. No. Uh, I'm not. I'm really not. I think what it did is it made it clearer that there's that the GOP has no future, and it needs there needs to be a break off from from the status quo of the GOP. And now that the only alternative is the Tea Party. So I I think it it's sad, but I think this was a time for the for the dividing line to happen. And and I got to admit. I, I was sad initially. I was, you know, I was down initially. But hearing Ted Cruz talk right after it happened, he was on a couple of programs, both him and Mike Lee, mm -hmm. and their optimism actually made me feel better in the sense that they know that this battle's not over, and it's, and it's the lines are drawn even even more clearly now. And I think, as far as the American public goes, at least a good portion, whether it's enough or not, I, I don't know. But they see this. They see the uh, the comprom that compromise is just totally built into uh, the the GOP. But this uh, is the thing that, that the thing that is just unbelievable about this, and this is the thing that Sonny Loman did such a good job of making fun of on, on this mm -hmm. week's video, is that it wasn't even compromised in the traditional sense. Yeah. The republic the Republican side got absolutely nothing. And mm -hmm. the only the only thing really that they got was that Obama and the Democrats like Reed, it's like, oh, well, we'll stop making fun of you if you just go ahead and give us our way. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, that's really what and, it is. It, it, was, it was like a big argument from intimidation, and that's it. And they're so scared of their own shadows because they have no principles that all they want to be is they just want to be liked. Yeah. And that's and only the Democrat and the media, you know, that is fully behind them can give you that sanction that they oh this now now the Republicans now we should like them. But as Sonny does in her video, even at that they still call them racist. Even after they get everything they want, they'll still call them racist. Yeah. So why why even bother? That's that's why to me I prefer the ones who stood against the entire thing from the beginning so that they so that they didn't come off as as compromisers, uh, namely uh, Cruz and, and Mike Lee. You know, one who disappointed me uh, was somebody who's been pretty good on a lot of things in the past, which is Dana Rohrbacher. Yeah. And the reason sure. mm-hmm. I follow, I, I don't live in Dana Rohrbacher's district or anything, but the reason I follow him is because he happened to graduate in my mother's high school graduating class. And I guess I met him once years ago or whatever. So it's like, you know, I just kind of have this nostalgia about, and plus, I've seen him kick some butt sometimes, you know, in in the house. But what did what did he say, Bosch? He I don't was know. he something was weak. Some, something, something really weak, weak on the shutdown I thing, think right? He basically trashed Ted Cruz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, he, if if he trashed Ted Cruz, I'm I'm against him. I tell you, so much I for mean, him. this is this is a point now. Those who trash Ted Cruz are trashing me, you, Robert, everyone, yep. everyone that loves the country. That's who they're trashing. Yeah. That's the name exactly. of this episode today. Yeah, I mean that, and and again, you know, yes, we're objectivists. No, we do not agree with Tea Party people or Ted Cruz or Mike Lee. I don't know if they actually call themselves Tea Party, but they're certainly supported by the Tea Party. Um, You know, we don't agree with them 100% because so many of them believe that the government has a role in in regulating our conduct with respect to abortion or gay marriage or things like this. We don't believe that. We want them out of it. They love the country. But what? Yeah, the government should be small. They they understand this. They fight for it. And and the reason they're being attacked right now is not for those reasons, right? So if if you know the big government people were attacking the Tea Party only because they're so extreme on social issues or something, then I'd say, okay, well they've you know they got a point. But the reason that they're being attacked right now is because Ted Cruz dared to show the inner workings of the Senate. He right. laid bare mm-hmm. for all That's to right. see right. the That's corruption right. and the process that go. The, you know, the dirty laundry. It, it made us so much more aware of, of what's going on there. How bad? And How corrupt? He, he also made them, you know, stand up and, and show really what they're made of in the last several weeks. We see that there's basically 18 or 19 good people in the Senate, and that's that. Can you hear yeah. that? Yeah. If I could follow up on one thing Bosch had said about those who think Ted Cruz isn't experienced enough, and that's their criticism of him, he did more in his time, uh, in his short amount of time, way more than Obama did as far as getting up and speaking in front of everyone for for all this, uh, not not even just the length of time, but speaking principally and with passion. Obama never did that. The guy can't Ever. say four sentences without reading to this day. But well, also, Robert, also Obama wanted to sneak into the White House without too much baggage. He did not want to take yes. any stand on anything, and it worked. Yes, that's it true. That's true. It did. It that, did work. And yeah. and we know that, if he that, was white, he would have been thoroughly vetted, and everyone wanted yeah, he him to get in because he was I, black. And, and we get it. all that. But what, I mean, but that's a, Cruz has proven he's he has leapfrogged 
in yeah. years by, by this principal stand that he's taken. And again, what Bosch said earlier is that we're, we're in a stage of desperation, so it's, it's the, less, the least experienced ones are actually better because they're yeah. less corrupted and, and they're less used to the system, and yeah. they also know the urgency that, that we're dealing with. So, so I think for all of those arguments, Cruz is, is my man, and yes, he will disappoint, but he's still way better than anything out there. Absolutely. Uh, except, you know, possibly Mike Mike Lee, and that would be the perfect duo, frankly. So, oh man, that that'll be great. So yeah, so and, and I think the other thing I'm I what I have a good feeling about is a lot of these McConnell. I think in 2016 they're going to see they're going to hit pay dirt. I think there's going to be as much outrage as there was in 2010 uh, with Tea Party people going to the polls, and uh, that's something. And by that time. O- uh, Obamacare will be even more of a nightmare uh, that yeah. you know they can't I, I, I they hope, can't hide that so. anymore. Ro- Robert, right. Robert, I hope you're talking about 2014. And this yes, when did I say? You said 16, but oh. I, I no I wanna, no I wanna yes, I meant 14. 14. Yes, I meant 14. Yes, the, the next uh, election. Uh, yes, the next election okay. I think will be like like 2010 in the sense that it wasn't the major presidential election, right. but right. it was one where as a definite stand was made that government. Direction is not acceptable. I mean, here here's the thing, right? We we can talk about the you know collection of reactions to Ted Cruz and Mike Lee. There's people in his own party trashing Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, and Mark Levin's Mm -hmm. done a great job of calling these people out. Uh, Johnson, Ron Johnson in particular, uh, Levin has called out on on his show and everything. But also, you know, here's this article that I linked to at my at my blog over in the program notes. Harry Reid says that Ted Cruz is a self-absorbed laughing stock, you know, and <laughs> ba- ba- basically, basically, you know, he's just a freshman. When we all come here, you know, we're all smart. We all think we're smarter than the next guy. You know, we're not smarter than the next guy. Yeah, he can do calculus, but I can count, you know, and I know that I'm, I'm better at legislating because, you know, 50, uh, was it 54 versus 46 right. or whatever the hell, right? So, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just trying to pretend that absolutely nothing has happened here, that the Republican leadership is still going to be in charge in a little while. And mm-hmm. I, I think the 2014 election is going to be the reality check for that. I mean, right now, what have we learned? It's not that we've learned that, you know, there, I forget where I saw the commentary some people said, oh, well, what we've learned is that basically it's too soon, you know, that no. we're not. No, I think, we learned I think we have some leaders. We, we learned we have a few leaders in there. But what we've learned is, is that our politicians in Washington right now are way behind the curve of the American people. That's what I think we've learned. And well, we, I mean, will, I think we will we see that. if that's true no, in 2014. I think we knew that. I think what we didn't know is that two guys are willing to fight, take it to the mat, to, to the limits, and stick to their guns. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen for. I, I mean, Reagan maybe fought sometimes, but honestly, I haven't seen that in a long time. Well, but here, You're right. In question. fact, Bo- I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was go just going to say what 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 Bosch is saying. The other thing I like about Cruz, he's very media savvy, which the Republicans mm-hmm. have not have. He's comfortable right. in front of a microphone. Yeah. Remember, I think last week, some heckler. He was speaking somewhere, and some yeah. heckler said something, and he's like. Okay, you're a paid Obama stool, you know, uh, right. stand-in, you know, and and right. he's exposing their tactics, you know. I mean, yeah. he knows their tactics, and and he's exposing them, and no one else on the right does that, you know. They're no. all afraid. 
It's well, like Andy Cruz learned from Andrew Breitbart's uh, playbook, you know, that you have to attack on all levels. Well, and moreover, when he goes into the lion's den on the liberal media outlets, he mm-hmm. is excellent. Oh, yeah. He they never That's get right. to him. They never no, they get don't. to him. And they That's really right. they wanna, try, they, but they don't they don't get under his skin. It's true, they really try. And he's it's disgusting point. that they do. It really is disgusting, and he's uh, look. He's the best and brightest in Washington. That's why they want to knock him out. And again, he is an existential threat to their status quo, mm-hmm. to the state. He is absolutely because if they got 2014, there'll be more Mike Lee's, more Ted Cruz's. Not maybe as good, but really on board. And that's when mm-hmm. the that's when the fight really starts. That's when, I mean, within the next few years, this is when because right now I think Americans are mobilizing. They say, okay, we got some fighters now. Let's get behind them. Let's get some some more guys. Some 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 Ted Cruz, some 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 Ted Cruz Tea Party people. But again, also we got to be on the lookout for the the rats like uh, Iot Kelly Iot who will pretend she's a Tea Party and then sell out when, as soon as she goes Washington. We got to be able to detect those people as well. Right, right, and just the last difference between the. The hotshot Republican from a couple of years ago, which was Paul Ryan, that uh, we never really bought into. No. Mention Ayn Rand, and he goes and runs and ducks for cover. And, yep. uh, and now he's turning out to be exactly who we thought he would be, like Bosch's uh, yeah. illustration is, politician, right? That's yeah. all uh, Ryan is, but, but Cruz is not. He he's definitely stands up for Ayn Rand's ideas, even, you know, more than anyone else has. Let's put it that way. It might not be yes. enough for our particular concern, but it's enough for right now. It's certainly Absolutely. enough for, for right now. And that's what we right. need I to mean, be dealing with is right now. The whole, yeah, the, the whole thing is why are Cruz and Lee being attacked? The reason they're being attacked is because they would like to cut back the size and scope of what the federal yeah. government is doing, particularly in healthcare right now. That's mm-hmm. their goal. All of these mm-hmm. GOP leadership people have not, you know, uh, they want not joined in the care. No, they yeah, want they, they Obamacare. Want, they want, they want to, to be in so, control of that health care system right. when they're in power. So, beca- so because that's their aim, that's the reason they're attacking, that's why they're attacking me, because that's, that's exactly what I want. So I'm, I'm supporting them. And the, the thing that I wanted to go ahead and go on to next is the issue of the GOP, the GOP leadership getting together with its cronies yep. to Walt. fight the Tea Party. So did you have anything else before we go on to that, Robert? No, that's it. Th- thank you both. I, I, uh, I thanks, Robert. Keep, keep up the good work. Thanks, Th- thanks very much for calling in, Robert. Can I, sure. can I just read this one piece about uh, how Washington sees Ted Cruz? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. It's basically, uh, I don't know if any of you have read Batman Year One, you got the uh, commissioner, I think the mayor, and the gangsters all at dinner having fun, eating. Be, if they're fat and happy, in other words. And Batman blows out the wall, cuts out lights, and says, Ladies, gentlemen, you have eaten well. You've eaten Gotham's wealth, its spirit. Your feast is nearly over. From this moment on, none of you are safe. And that's Ted Cruz, the way they see him. They call him a terrorist. They see him as an absolute threat, and they've got to knock him out. And the fact is this about Ted Cruz, we know he, there's no real dirt on him, or else it would have been smeared on him by, by now. They would have gotten him by now, but they have no dirt on him yet. So they're like, God damn it. That's all. I just want to mention that. I think it's a, I think it's a good analogy because they see him as literally as a terrorist. I've never heard that for a politician before. I've been called a terrorist. And people in, in his own party. People, people in his, in his own, own party. party. Yes. Peter yes. King. Peter Keating. It's exactly true. Now, let, let's go ahead and look at what the GOP is doing and, and why. 
There's an article here at the Daily Beast published on October 3rd, and it says the GOP donors are revolting against Republican-led government shutdown. It says it's it's not just Democrats who are angry at the Tea Party-led shutdown. It says Republican donors are furious that their party has managed to, quote, grab defeat from the jaws of victory on Obamacare, and some are withholding funds, reports David Freelander. On a Monday last month, Republican Greg Walden, chairman of the Republican, uh, excuse me, National Republican Congressional Committee, met with some top GOP donors for lunch at Le Cirque on Lexington Avenue in, Ma- in Manhattan. The donors, which was a youngish collection of financial industry types and lawyers, had questions for Walden, who is a mild-mannered lawmaker from Eastern Oregon known for speaking his mind. Why, they asked, did the GOP seem so in the thrall of its most extremist wing? The donors, banker types who occupy the upper reaches of Wall Street's towers, read crony capitalists, couldn't understand why the Republican Party, their party, to threatening the nation with a government shutdown, never mind a default if the debt ceiling isn't raised later this month. Okay, so what's wrong with this picture? You have people in the banking industry basically wanting the government to compromise and just raise the debt ceiling, and they can't understand why these niggling Tea Party people are getting in the way of our federal government racking up more and more and more debt and spending more and more and more. Uh, don't they realize that in the long run, which actually maybe isn't that long now, well, they don't think everything's over. Everything is about now. They feel good today. They have a good deal with Washington with their cronies and back and forth. It's all good. And that's why, again, anyone who's happy in the country as it is today is an enemy of the, of, of the country. They are part of the problem. They got to be knocked out. As someone says here, Seven says, since they couldn't defund Obamacare, the GOP should be defunded. They yes. should be defunded. It's over. Ultimately, as a viable party of small government BS, it's over. I, I think you're exactly right, 72521, and this is one of the main points that I wanted to make today, which is that the GOP, and we're going to read more into this article, the GOP seems poised to try to organize some sort of backing for the GOP leadership, the establishment GOP types, to fight back against the Tea Party. So here's, here's Walden in the article. Walden says, you know, we have to do this. We have to do this, you know, threatening shutdown thing. We have to do this because of the Tea Party, he says. If we don't, these guys are going to get primaried and they're going to lose their primary. Now, is he talking about the non-Tea Party people are going to get primaried? Yes. Or is he talking about the Tea Party themselves? Well, you know, they made promises to their constituents, so we just have to help these Tea Party people stay there. I don't I think he means these other guys are going to get primaried. So it says, uh, Walden asked how many of those seated around the table were precinct captains, I guess, in the, in the Republicans. Uh, these were money men, though, not the types to spend night after night knocking on doors and slipping palm cards into mailboxes. No, they just throw their money at stuff, right? Uh, It says a lot of the people there didn't even know what a precinct captain was. Uh, Not a single hand went up. He says, I hear this complaint all the time, but no one gets involved at the local level. The Tea Party gets involved at the local level. So he says, that's what you really have to do. You have to fight the Tea Party. Um, Then it says that it's unlikely that the gilded power brokers in the Republican Party are going to join their local you know, county political club anytime soon, 
But as the stock market wobbles amid the government shutdown and continued demand for Obamacare delay, a number of GOP donors are wondering if it is time for a little outside counter-pressure to sap the Tea Party of some of its energy. You mean like the IRS did and Obama did? So think about that. Obama and his whole crew went after Tea Party. They profiled them, and now these guys will as well. Well, and imagine that the Tea Party is as strong as it is, even though it's been under attack. That's that's the thing. You know what? I keep in mind also, if you remember, a year or two ago, oh, Tea Party's dead. It's over, if you if you recall, it's over. I mean, they they had a good run, and that's that. BS. Yeah. They're terrified that the party will take over. Now it says here that none of these bankers, even though they should just go ahead and join the Democrats, it says none of them are actually considering joining mm. the Democrats. You know, establishment GOP Democrats. I agree with those people who have said it here in the chat room today over here at Blog Talk Radio. There's no difference no, right now. No, they're Washington. We've got the GOP establishment and leadership, and we have Democrats. It's basically the same party. I think 72521 was saying basically it's the same party who's ruling, and they just kind of change right. whatever T-shirt they're wearing and every the, four uh, years. And rank and file, some of them are better, but so what? If you've got the, the, the leadership, they call the shots yeah. in the end. So it says several top GOP donors want to figure out a way to, quote, break the fever as Obama once put it, or at least keep their fellow party members from damaging the economy any further. Ha ha. So the Tea Party people are damaging the economy <laughs> by trying to get government out of the not economy. Not Obama and the, and the Republicans, but the Tea Party, who are really not These in power These people yet. on Wall Street don't understand anything. No, they don't. That's they're, where they work. They're, 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 you know, they like big government. They have very cushy positions. They can knock out their competitors. They have good deals with them. They're rats. I mean, they're, you know, the term corny capitalist, I mean, what, what an insult to capitalist, but whatever. Now, here's the quote that I was thinking of earlier. There's a guy named Fred Ziedman, a Houston-based businessman. He was a major donor to both of George W. Bush's presidential campaigns. He says, quote, the way we are handling this has been a mistake from the beginning. I think we misread where the country was, end quote. And I say no. There was no misreading of where the country was. There's a misreading of where Washington yes. is. Yes. I think that Ted Cruz... Exposed him. To, I mean, Ted Cruz thought, look, it's a long shot. Yep. But, but I'm, I, I'm I, go for it I have because this strategy. Right I have this strategy. I'm going to go ahead and stand on principle. I'm going to try to unify Republicans. If I unify Republicans, Obamacare is this horrible, horrible thing. Even, he ran on even its own time. architects hate it. Everyone hates it. Obamacare is terrible. So if I can get all the Republicans unified, I can get some Democrats to flip over with me. And yes, Harry Reid, I do understand math. Uh-huh. I can get 51 votes yes. to defund Obamacare. That's where I think he was going with it. Of course. It. I mean, I don't and, think he went in there blindly. He knew it would be tough. He knew that these are cowards. But he says, if I can really persuade them, because it's the right thing to do. And again, he campaigned on this. He's a politician who campaigned on it and stuck to his guns. Yeah. Unlike, the, unlike the Republicans who said, John McCain said uh, like a year or two ago, oh, we've got we to gotta stop a volunteer, we've got to fight it. Really, John. Really, Johnny. That rat is uh, completely thrown in now, and he's blaming the uh, Republicans' unpopularity again on Ted Cruz, who just got here. He's been here for 30 years, John McCain. Yeah. Oh, P-O- yeah. POW to POS again and again. Yeah, and again, I think if there was any misreading, it's misreading of where Washington is or the potential for uniting Republicans on the principle of reducing the size and scope of government. That is where the misreading was. These establishment Republicans do not want to reduce the size and scope and the spending and everything else. So this is what we really have to do. 
Um, it said, uh, you know, the Seidman pointed to the way that the Republicans handled Syria, and he thought that was great, and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, oh, strategy, strategy, strategy. He says, the Tea Party is not looking at the big picture. He oh. says, in the long run, it will have deleterious effects on the whole party. <laughs> when we could have taken the high road, there's so much going on right now with Obamacare, and no one is saying a word the high road. about it. So yeah. that deal with the, that we just struck is the high road. That deal. That's the high road. Yeah. Then, then there's another Republican fundraiser. Uh, she has apparently hosted fundraisers for ideological warriors such as Paul Ryan and Eric Cantor. No, Cantor voted uh, for the deal. Warriors. Yeah, ideological warriors. Eric Cantor? Um, Eric Cantor. He yeah, can't. He, yeah. he can't do anything. Um, it says, when you have a small segment who dictate to the rest of the party, the result is what we have seen in the last two days. People need to stand up and not be afraid of the Tea Party. <laughs> the Tea Party is not a power, idiot. <laughs> They're not power yet. So she says, this may be a turning point. People may be saying enough already. <laughs> and then here's the article. The article is saying, uh, it says, to be sure there is still nothing like any kind of organized opposition to form a donor class version of the Tea Party. Now listen to that. Yeah. Donor yes. class. Listen to that. Donor the class. The Karl Rove class. Right. Yeah. The donor class version of the Tea Party is what they're saying. One one that would mount primary challenges to incumbents for being too unyielding. Oh man. For fighting Obama. Yeah. And then for it said the and, and it said, even if it were if there were this type of donor class version of the Tea Party, says the right wing of the GOP would still have deep pockets thanks to those conservatives who don't work in the financial industry but like the Koch brothers are in oil, gas and other industries, etc. What is it about energy that makes people a little bit more fiscally conservative than the people on Wall Street? I don't know. Wall Street must be just populated by That's cronies right. and cronies. In and a lot cronies. of ways, is, yeah. is, that, is that the only way you can survive yeah, in Wall Street? In a lot I don't of ways, know. I think so. Anyway, so the idea they, they, is that they have a bad name to business. Wall they're Street. they're basically calling for this donor class version of the Tea Party. And if you go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. That language, I'm sorry, donor class. Donor again, class. That, that is just like a... That, that is a crony oh, capitalist term if I've ever heard one. Donor class. The fact is they have to scalp the, the Republicans who are trying to wipe out the Tea Party. The Tea Party has to go back there and fight them. And we know the Tea Party will fight. We know they will say the truth, unlike these other politicians. They'll, they will expose them. Robert NYC says that oil is relatively freer than finance. And I, I guess that's right, because there's no equivalent of the Federal Reserve for oil. Now, that's there's true. all kinds of regulations. There's way too much government control, even in the energy industry, but still freer. And in fact, I guess there's fracking going on in California. Is it really? That has some hope of helping us out here. No, they're doing it illegally, right? I mean, no, apparently right? there's I'm joking. under massively heavy regulation. It might still do us some good economic wise. I don't know how that's possible, but apparently it's so Steve lucrative. Is good too. It's so lucrative. It creates so much value that even when the government sucks half the yeah. life out of it, it still helps us. So here we go. Here's an, here's this other article over at, uh, again, I post all these links at don'tletitgo.com under program notes. This is an older New York Times article from February 2nd of this year. And the headline is, Top Donors to Republicans Seek More Say in Senate Races. And it says, the biggest donors in the Republican Party are financing a new group to recruit seasoned candidates and protect Senate incumbents from challenges by far-right conservatives and Tea Party enthusiasts who Republican leaders 
would, uh, worry could complicate the party's efforts to win control of the Senate. Now, let me tell you, in the article at which I read earlier today, they talk about the like the weird candidates, the ones who say, oh, you know, rape is yeah. an act of God and therefore you shouldn't abort the fetus. And yeah. those are the examples that the article gives. <laughs> but I'll be damned if this organization, which is called the Conservative Victory Project. Now, listen to that title also. Conservative oh, Victory Project, right? The whole thing is win elections, yep. win elections. Yep. Well, let's just win elections. It doesn't matter with who. It doesn't matter that George Bush was at, governed like a leftist. It doesn't matter. State Defiance says he's out of here. Don't leave. I'm talking about our strategy now. Uh, I think he's going to get some sleep. He is. He's, maybe, yeah, he's going to get – no, he's telling us to get some sleep. But that's what he's doing. Uh, anyway. Lead by example. We're strategizing here. So the, here's the deal. So we have Conservative Victory Project. I would imagine that they would love to make this organization, the Conservative Victory Project, the one that they're going to use to fight not just the unelectable right. because they're – totally inept Tea Party candidates like ones who mouth off about rape rape being a work of God or something like that. Um, They will fight the Ted Cruz's and the Mike Lee's out there. Yes, they will. Backed by Karl Rove and everybody else, I think this this article goes on to say. 2014 is so important. They understand this, that this could be a a real watershed moment for the Tea Party. They know that. So they're going to try to do everything. Now, think about this. The Tea Party candidates had to fight the Republicans and the Democrats. To get in, this is what's going to happen. But when Mike Lee and Ted Cruz ran as Tea Party candidates, they demolished their Republican competitors. They demolished them, and people did not expect that at all, at all. And this is the kind of thing that I want to see in 2014 across the country, please. In or in order to see where, you know, where is the country versus where are our rulers? So well, you know, as, as one article said, uh, this is. Every 30 years is like this big push towards the right, and we're at that moment right now. We're at that moment. The last time it happened was with Reagan. Now it says the Conservative Victory Project, which is backed by Karl Rove and his allies, who built American Crossroads into the largest Republican super PAC of the 2012 Karl election Rove cycle. Karl Rove had to put had to slap on the, the title conservative because he's not. No. I mean, Mark Levin is a conservative. Karl Rove is a Washington insider hack. And he says, this is going to start by intensely vetting prospective contenders for congressional races to try to weed out candidates who are seen as too flawed to win general elections. Yeah, so in uh, 72521 is saying here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio, by conservative, they mean they want to conserve the status quo. Absolutely. That's right. That's what they want. The so status quo. So, so, so here... Uh, you know, they say they're talking about is somebody too flawed to win a general election. I predict that they're not going to just go after people who are, you know, too flawed to win general elections. But basically, in their terms, flawed means that they actually want to change the status yes. quo. In they're going to try to detect who the Ted Cruz guys are and really murder them politically. They get, that's what they will try to do. Karl Rove did a lousy job working against Ted Cruz, right? I mean, terrible. Right. Uh, Carl Rove's guy got defeated by Ted Cruz. So on one level, it's personal. You know, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to get an, uh, uh, an established Republican and get your ass kicked the way uh, Ted Cruz did. And Ted Cruz came out of nowhere, and as did Mike Lee. And you know, Ted Cruz, when he was thinking about maybe get, uh, getting back to Washington, because he was, I think, worked for one of those one of the uh, Alphabet Alphabet um, Alphabet Soup agencies. Yeah, yeah, one of them years ago. 
And then he was a lawyer for some firm, I believe. But he was looking to get back to Washington. And then he found uh, Mike Lee. And Mike Lee's story in, inspired him. He goes, basically, he was a guy who went in and there was no backing or nothing. He fought, uh, I think, an incumbent Republican, beat him. And that's what inspired Ted Cruz. And he got, he did the same thing. And he, these two guys, they're not, they were, they were not politicians. They come into Washington from the private sector. And, um, you know, they they more or less are called the leaders now. The Democrats call Ted Cruz the leader of the Republican Party because he's not. That's why that's why they call him the leader, because they want to shame his fellow Republicans. Like, that's your leader, right? You know what I mean? This wacky, <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy who has destroyed the government, who closed down, that's your leader to try to, you know, uh, we, we will we will say you're like, you're like Ted Cruz. Well, I mean, the, the worst curse of Washington yeah, right now, the right. worst curse of Washington right now, Ted Cruz. The, the one thing that we saw this week at the... It, any backbone that was exhibited by John Boehner in the last several weeks was due to Ted Absolutely. Cruz and due to all of the people who went to DontFunded.com and signed up, over 2 as million the, people yes. signing up. As someone said, uh, it was on Facebook, I forgot who, but they said, uh, I think it was Ed Maslisch who said that uh, Boehner was m- more afraid of the Tea Party, Ted Cruz, Mike Lee, than of Obama and Democrats at that point. And uh, that's probably the case. Because it had nothing to do with principle or standing up. The guy does not fight by nature. He's not. Right. But he's like, I'm going to, I guess, hold out and see what happens. And that's it. I mean, that's it. Um, and then when he when he bent over, he got a, a standing ovation, naturally. What I'd like to do, and again, if you want to call in and talk strategy, 760-888-5817. I've got one person on the line. I am going to uh, interpolate. From these two articles, the newer article and the older article, the newer article says, oh, gee, these donors just wish that they had some sort of organized group to make sure that the Republican Party isn't taken over by these extremists who actually want to cut the size and scope of government. This article from February says, oh, there is such an organization, but really all it's about is getting rid of real wackos. My prediction is that they're going to actually organize and try to use the money from the big donors to fight Tea Party people. And so what I would like to do is if we could figure out who is donating to, assuming the Conservative Victory Project is the vehicle that they're going to use, whoever it is, whoever the big donors are that are going to try to fight the Tea Party candidates, I want to organize boycotts. Yes. Because, again, I see an attack, particularly by so-called Republicans, on Tea Party people, an attack on Tea Party people on because Americans. because on the papers. Tea Party the Tea Party actually dares to want to reduce the size and the scope and the influence of federal government in our lives. And if they, they're if they're attacking that, I want to go back against them full court press, and I want to out the names of those companies, those people who donate, and those people should be boycotted. I think Margaret, they should be boycotted. The GOP used the Tea Party last election, 2010 midterms. Now they're going to try to oppose them. The only reason why they are still semi-relevant to the, the Republican Party is because of Tea Party. That's a fact. Well, uh, one thing also about about the critics with uh, Cruz critics, Jonah Goldberg from uh, NRO and some other ones. He wrote a piece recently. He said basically, uh, Ted Cruz is Obama is a is a Republican Obama. You know why he says this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Republican Obama, even though he's a patriot. He's smarter. He's against big government. He's you know what I mean right. all those things. And then he wrote something also, the art of the possible. This is the nature of the mentality of the of the conventional Republicans who are basically enemies of Ted Cruz. We need to help clear them out as soon as yeah. possible. And the reason 2014 is so crucial, again, is because if Obama gets majority in both 
Houses of Congress. Super damage. Just super damage again. Definitely. You know? Definitely. I'm going to go ahead and take a call now. Hi, who's this? Uh, hi, this is, uh, this is James Elias. Uh, I do the Liberty Panacea show, okay. also on hi. Blog Talk Radio. Hey. Um, I just wanted to sort of um, uh, – I wanted to – just disagree with something you've been saying earlier, or something actually that both you and Bosch have been saying on the show mm-hmm. quite a bit, this idea that we don't deserve the politicians we get right now. Uh, and I, a lot of times what I've seen you guys doing is framing the discussion as sort of us versus the politicians. And there's a certain way in which that's true, because, um, you know, the name of your show is about the American sense of life. Don't let the American sense of life go. There is an extent to which the people hold it and the politicians don't. But I really think, I really think that we, we really don't believe in liberty. We really don't believe in selfishness as a culture. And that's so – co- we are getting the politicians that are the result of our thinking. You know, uh, when, when you know, uh, a conservative may be in favor of a free wallet, but he's not in favor of a free bedroom. And then right, the right. liberals just but, the other way around. So I don't, well, I don't really see it as us versus the government. I see it as us versus uh, ourselves in a way. The, the people have to change their minds. The, the, the people definitely need to, I mean, assuming that the American sense of life is live, alive and well, which I'm assuming to a certain extent it is, otherwise you don't get well, over group, 2 million people signing up at don'tfundit.com. Otherwise the show would exist, either. No, it's probably true. The show, the show wouldn't exist and have the listeners that it does. But the, you know, the, the thing that they have to do is make that philosophy explicit. They have to make the philosophy that is behind the American sense of life explicit. And I agree with you that the American population at, you know, at large isn't really armed with arguments to defend the right to the pursuit of happiness. They, they just haven't really read anything I mean, they, uh, you know, some of them have, some of them have, but I'm, oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but uh, you know, they need they need to actually go read some Ayn Rand and get armed with those arguments that they need to, def- you know, defend the right to the pursuit of happiness. And the the right to the pursuit of happiness is, as you say, it's selfish. It is the right that says it is good and okay, and the government needs to protect our right to be selfish. So I I, I agree with you to that extent. But in terms of in terms of just you know deserving it I, I i don't think that they no we don't we don't deserve barack obama yeah america and americans who love the country who who understand to some extent the nature of the country do not deserve an anti-american terrorist friend as its leader we don't deserve that we never have we, we don't deserve george bush i'm not gonna be at fault say well you know if you think that then i think you got a problem if you think well Barack Obama, he's my president, I deserve him, and that's that. No, you've got to argue against it. We have not seen a guy also fighting like Ted Cruz. We, we deserve a Ted Cruz. I mean, really, really the question comes down to, do you blame the American people for not having made Choices. their impl- – no, for, for not having made their implicit sense of life explicit, explicit. in terms of philosophy – and and really, James, um, I'm going to have to say no. I'm going to unmute you here again because we were hearing some noise before. Yeah. So let me go ahead and see if I can do that. But I'll ask you to respond. Um, I don't blame them for not having made it explicit because of 
the progressive education that's dumbed people down to a certain extent. And they've had only so many years of exposure to Ayn Rand, who really was the first philosopher to give an explicit moral defense of this. So I, I think we're in a race against time. I don't blame the American people for not having made that implicit sense of life into their explicit philosophy. But I think if you went and you actually, I mean, th- this is this is the thing I was going to bring up as my last topic of the day, again, the common core. It is essential that we fight the common core because it is going to further destroy our educational system in America. It can be fought on the state level, so you can you don't have to fight the fed, you know, the feds directly, and it's going to hopefully keep people open to hearing that explicit message. What, what do you say to that, James? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that's a good point. That you can't necessarily blame the population of uh, America for the last uh, 200 years for not being Ayn Rand. That's definitely not fair, but. At the same time, I mean, we're whatever, whatever. Uh, regardless of that, I just think look at the consequences. We, if if we want to save the country, we have to make it explicit, uh, whether we deserve it or not. Uh, we are getting the politicians that our ideas, maybe maybe not the politicians we deserve, but the ideas that are or the politicians that our ideas will result in. Um, so either way, we're going to yeah, I mean, for those know, ideas. Well, we do, we do and we don't, right? Because some of the changes in the system itself, you know, in, in terms of the, the taxes and the Fed being set up and uh, the change, I don't know when the amendment uh, was passed that changed the way that we elected the Senate, right? Which is one of the things that Mark... 1913. 1913. Is, is one of the things that Mark Levin wants to change, yes, right? A lot of these things were around, you know, bef- happened before Ayn Rand's ideas were even written. It was basically, basically big government versus big government. That was a candidate that we right. had for the last 100 years. But I think, I think a lot of these changes that came in in the early 1900s basically made it harder and harder for the right ideas to take hold and have any influence, particularly on politics. Right now we have entrenched career politicians. So, so really this idea that we deserve those politicians, I'd say no, but I, I agree with you that it is imperative that we have people in this country, a lot more substantial minority at least in this country, make that philosophy explicit. Well, and thanks for contributing to that uh, philosophy with your show. I uh, I really enjoy what, listening. Thank well, th- thanks for doing it to the extent that you do as well, James. And th- and thanks for calling in and, and for listening today. And so look, I, mean, I I always get I guess one one gets a defensive about that idea, like you know, Barack Obama reflects me. No, uh, we've not been given true choices. Uh, we have been really hurt uh, educationally. People, you know, when they hear Obama say something, Obama did not run. Uh, the way he is governing. He not, that's not what he did. He lied his ass off. That's what he did. That's how he got in. He let people know what they, want, what they wanted to hear. He, if he came explicitly and said, I'm going to push socialized medicine, I'm going to kiss the Islam's ass, I'm going to, you know, no way. Right. No way. People have said they can't explicitly vote for that. So, oh, mm, I mean, I, they can vote for socialist policies to some extent if they're really smuggled in, but explicitly, never. Americans will not do that. So they will be lied to. And then we're told, well, it's your fault. You know, you, because you're the government. No. Right. I don't, I don't and, so. and, and again, one of the people in the chat room, uh, this is Holly, actually, she says that you have to consider that all these politicians are going yes. back on everything that they say. Yeah. 
politicians promise things and then do other things. Yep. So how can you deserve a that, bad politician when they elected running to say that they're doing good things? Thing, that's why another reason why they cannot stand Ted Cruz. He's a reproach to the point where they say, wait a minute, this guy ran as he's governing or as he's, you know, as he's operating? That's, that makes me look bad because I didn't do that. We've got to take him out quick before people start expecting us to be good. And that's why they have to lie. And uh, if they were explicit, they wouldn't get anywhere near, I think, even, even certain, certain campaigns. They'd, they'd be knocked out with another candidate, a decent one. So I don't buy the fact that it's our fault. Um, we, are, you know, we deserve Barack Obama impossible. I mean, that's, if we deserve Barack Obama, we are finished. I, I do agree with James that we need to make this Absolutely. philosophy explicitly that's, held, and, and that, that's, that's what, what we're doing. That's what we're doing. In, in the meantime, we definitely also have to find time to be able to do this before the collapse. So what is it that we do now? What are our plans of action right now? The imperative for making sure that there is a U.S. population who could actually be reachable by the right ideas is to get government out of education. And Rosemary here in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio says that, yes, of course, we do have to fight Common Core, but we also need to fight Agenda 21, of which Common Core is one component. Rosemary, I agree we need to get government out of education entirely. First step, roll back Common Core. Exactly. And each each of us, each of us at our state level need to fight Common Core. How do you put it the last first? How do you put it? Oh, I always talk about it as, as peeling layers of the onion and also kind of a last in, first out. So it happens to be the, the worst. The, the, the more we get, the, the worse they are. Oh, Obama of course. The worst. Of course. Knock the, that the out. Fir- then go and the take out Medicare. Down, the further down you the know. path the state is and the worse the controls get. So we need to get that out of there. Um, and we can fight that at the state level. All you have to do is help the movement within your state that is resisting the state's involvement in the Common Core. Try to save the kids. Because, you know, last week when I was talking to C. Bradley Thompson, and again, if you haven't heard my show last week, Common Core, Uncommon Danger, interview with C. Bradley Thompson, go back and listen to it. But I was thinking about it from the standpoint of, oh, those of us who listen here to this show, and if we have kids and, you, you know, not exposing those kids, and what could I do? You know, I'm trying to give advice to you guys. And I'm saying keep your kids at least out of kindergarten because kindergarten is designed to destroy their ability to read as independent human beings. It throws them in groups, right? It's more important than just saving your few kids or whatever that, you know, people that we're talking to here. We need to save the entire population from this horrible indoctrination. We need to go out and educate. We need to fight Common Core probably more than Obamacare. And like I said, thankfully, that can be done more effectively at the state level than can be, you know, the fight against Obamacare. So fight, fight, fight the Common Core. The other thing, like I said, is insofar as the establishment Republicans and their crony donors are trying to mount any sort of organized effort against the Tea Party, we need to find out what that is. We need to find out, first of all, who we can support to actually be the backup for Ted Cruz and Mike Lee. We need to positively support them. But at the same time, we need to expose and boycott as statists the Republicans who will fight against them and their donors. One thing Ted Cruz has done also is uh, we have always had a bad taste in our mouth about politicians in general, I think Americans, by nature. We just, we're very suspicious of them. Ted Cruz amplifies that big time. 
and says, okay, now we have someone who actually can hold it up against them and compare them. So this guy is a scum of the earth, and then he got a guy, a patriot. And more of those guys will make that clearer. And that's, that's what I think Ted Cruz has done also. Stood and stood and stood and fought with Mike Lee. And that's the difference. So we, we deserve a Ted Cruz, a Mike Lee, not an Obama, not a Harry Reid, not a Nancy Pelosi or a George Bush and all the other hacks. Yeah. So that's what we got to do, what we got to be focused on in the coming weeks and months is making sure that we do get what Americans deserve and doing everything we can to fight that. So those are the two fronts I proposed. Going after the establishment GOP and their cronies by any means possible and uh, going against the common core, fighting the common core at the state level. We're almost out of time here. If you want to comment on today's show or see the program notes for today's show, go to my blog at don'tletitgo.com. Also at my blog, you can find the links to all the different ways of following me during the week. You can find all the past episodes of the show. Every so often I've post a little blog post, missive, etc. You can also donate to the show if you'd like to help spread the word financially. But the biggest thing you can do if you enjoy this show is go out, share it with your friends, spread the word because it's spread by word of mouth. My mouth is only so big and even Bosch's too. Yeah, Bosch? Any last word? Uh, Check out my my cartoon again, uh, DC verse T, verse T-E-A. Check it out. It's my blog. I think you'll like it. Take care. Have a good week, everyone. Bye.